John 16 would be 17 through 15 plus a bunch of verses I got on my phone here. The title of the lesson today is uh, The Spirit's Job Description. The Spirit's Job Description. Somebody define job description for me. The duties you have, whatever. Expectations. All right. Y'all get them all. Clearly states job requirements, duties, responsibilities, skills required. Why is the job description important in a place of business? Gives you something to measure up to. What else? Gives you what your purpose. When I first started teaching, we had all these things, you know. Now they got me all these mission statements. Every, if you go in every building, I don't know about over here, but every county school system, and I'm sure it's over here. The ones I've been in the most shows cutting grass, I have to go to the restaurant and whatnot. I go in there. There's always a mission statement: fire escape, tornado drill, fire drill, all that business. And there's a mission statement. We have a mission statement here. It just brings focus. All right. What's the Holy Spirit's job description on on earth? Comforter, whatever. Advocate, Advocate, whatever. I'm sorry. Seek and save, whatever. Counselor. Influence. Influence. Let's find out. Let's read 7 through 15, chapter 16. We're going to come back and Shreve's got three things of the Holy Spirit's job here we're going to talk about as we go. So let's look at verse 7. 16 says, And nevertheless, I tell you, and this is Jesus speaking, of course, this is read in my Bible. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Now I'm reading out the New King James, counselor, advocate, some of some other. Excuse me, but translated for helper there. That's the Holy Spirit. Uh, will come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to the Father and you uh, see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus says, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and what he will tell you things to come, and he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say, uh, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Three things, three jobs of the Holy Spirit. The first one is the Holy Spirit has come to help believers. So I believe somebody mentioned that a while ago. Remember, I jotted this down. Remember, he is called the paraclete. Y'all remember that a couple of weeks ago? Para means what? Parallel. Come alongside. And cleat means to, to offer hate. Aid. So it's come alongside to render aid or slash help. 
That's the job description uh, of, of, the, of the Holy Spirit when it helps to help believers. How does He give a? How does the Holy Spirit give a to uh, to believers? He guides us in the truth, all truth. Guides, guides us in truth. Lifts you up. Lifts you up. We'll get to that. Remember that point. He intercedes on our behalf when we don't know how to. Oh, my word. Is that not great? That's in Romans 8, I believe, right? Oh, my word. When When you're so tore up, and you don't even know Romans 8, I can't remember, it's, it's 19, 20, somewhere down in that area. When you don't even know what to pray, he's praying for you. Man, a lot. We've all been, if you had, you ain't old enough. I believe everybody in here is old enough. We don't need, I've got any comforts, he guides, he leads. What's the difference in the Holy Spirit and Jesus? Jesus is okay. They're both part of the Trinity. Go ahead, brother. Bob. Jesus is physical. Holy Spirit is spiritual. Spirit lives in us. Jesus does not live in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. I got a quote down here. I'm going to go ahead and read it now. Shreve said he heard somebody preach this. It says, "God is God, the Son, the Spirit. God is God without skin. The Son is God with skin, and the Spirit is God in our skin." I thought that was a good way to remember that. God is God without skin. And the Son is God with skin. And the Holy Spirit is God within our skin. Is there anything that the Spirit lacks to aid us in living the Christian, Christian life? No. Absolutely not. Everything we have access to through, through, through the Holy Spirit equips us to live the Christian life. Bar none. What do we need to live the Christian life? Faith, what else? Strength, what else? The Word, what else? Let me read Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. The law is not such against is, is not against such things. So you have somebody you have a hard time loving. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> Ain't no need to lie because we all do. I got some guys I don't I don't, don't want to go on vacation. I don't want anything bad to happen, but I'm not going on vacation right now. <laughs> you know, now if God changes my mind, but how how would I be able to go on vacation? Through the Holy Spirit, that's the only way. Because I, I can't do it. What about uh, love and peace or joy? How do you have joy twenty four seven? Remember the guy that came when we were over yonder? I can't remember his name, but he was a retired basketball coach. He had won some state championships. I swear he preached the day we called Brett. Remember that guy, Dave? Yes, he was from Georgia, and I think he was at Woodstock with Johnny Hunt. I believe so. 
He was on staff there, and he was about to go off. Yes, wound up like an eight-day clock. Yeah, he was bouncing, but he's good. He's good. And he had a he had a, a special needs kid. You remember? And he said, "You." He, I remember him vividly saying, talking like he was speaking to the devil. You can have my happiness, but you can't have my joy. You can't touch it. So how do you have that joy that he's talking about? In those times of trouble, in those heartaches, in those good times, when you get a little full of yourself, as my daddy would say, get too big for your britches. When you get when you get like a how, how do you how do you how do you have joy at that time? To the Holy Spirit, he'll put you. Let's just keep going. What about peace? What about peace? When things are crazy, man. When it hits the when it hits the fan. Everything's sour. Everything's sideways. You know, when, when, when it's the bottom of the ninth, and the time runs on second, and when it runs on third, you know, and I, I, I keep going back to Maxit last year in the World Series. It's the greatest three. I heard somebody else say the greatest three outs in the history of baseball, if you ask me. I, I think the bases are loaded second, third. And he had a Hall of Famer, another dude, Hall of Famer MVP, multiple MVP, another cat, and an MVP, probably a future Hall of Famer. And he strikes all. How do you keep your composure at that time? How do you have that peace that allows you to go for And I know that's a silly game. But apply it to life. Let's just keep going. Think about these things. How about patience? Did Paul have to put patience in there? How do you have patience? The only one that runs a close race with me of being impatient is Hogan Daniels. And I tell him all the time, it's the son, you look like me, you act like me, and, and it's just, it's unreal. You know, and we're so impatient. How do you have patience? How, you know, uh, what about kindness? What about goodness? What about faithfulness? Gentleness? And then the last one, what about self-control? How do you have self-control? When everybody's acting the food, you won't act the food. You know, when 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 everybody's doing something, you know, that peer pressure. And I don't I, I don't think peer pressure goes away, man. I am a firm believer you act like what you're hanging with. I, I just think that. And, uh, but the Spirit allows us to have self-control. You know, so that I, I just, those are the characteristics that, that are, are Christ-like. And, and the only way we can have those is is, is through the Spirit. He, he has come to help the believers. Let me read Second uh, Peter uh, 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything required. Let's go back to my question. Well, I know I should have read this at the end of that. Uh, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Everything we need is provided for us. So there'll be no excuse. There is no excuse. 
Well, I didn't know. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. You know, I didn't know the speed limit was this. Well, you know, sorry, dude. You still got a ticket. You know. It's just everything we need, the Holy Spirit provides for us. Let's don't forget that. Let me read this. Why does Peter tell us he gives us everything required? So God is, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Now let me read John. Look at 16, verse 13 in John. Verse 13 down there. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and then he will tell you uh, things to come. What does the spirit do here? He guides us. So let's just think about it. What does the spirit guide us in respect to? What false teachers? What about the borderline decisions that you don't that you don't know about? So if he's going to guide us, how, how how do how do we get in touch with this Spirit, this Holy Spirit, to, to, to get guidance in situations that come up in our lives when we don't have an answer, we don't know what to do. How do we get in touch with it? How does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Prayer? Whatever. I'm sorry. Word of God? What else? Godly counsel? What else? That's godly counsel. What else? Ongoing relationship. What else? He speaks to circumstances as well. And he speaks to prayer. I'm sorry, Gabe. He speaks to what he hears from Jesus. Yeah. But how do we get into it? Is my question. To what he's trying to tell us. Remember, God speaks primarily through his word. Okay? Now, he speaks to, and I just, I tell you, and I, I told you all this, I'm going to tell you again. My daddy had that surgery like a guy, and I told him, I said, Dad, we're not doing that again now. You just be, and I, I volunteered him to be in a wheelchair the rest of his life. And God's, and, and, and the godly counsel I got about that was from John Young, surgeon over here, bone and joint clinic. Dr. Young is a great guy. I know him, know him well. He said, I can do that. I thought, no, you can't do that. God spoke to me through his word, godly counsel through his word. I prayed about it. God gave me a peace. The circumstance that God used for David to have this, another surgery to, to reset his bone, his femur had broke. And instead of it being lined up like that, it was barely touching. So he was going to go in there, line them back up. And I have, my mother's got a picture of it. You would not believe what his bone looks like over in that grave right now. It's got wire, bailing wire. Young said he, I said, I, I, he wrapped about 40 wraps of wire around it. And he put some bone shards like he splinted the bone, the thing. Uh, 
you guys don't know, in 91, my daddy was out running one morning. He got run over by a truck. And all his physical problems come from that. So he, he, he just, you know, so God okay to do his work. The circumstances said, hey, he needs this. The godly counsel, Young's a great guy. He's a Christian. The circumstances, did I say circumstances? Was he needed this. Prayer. What else did I say here? I had a piece about it. After all that, I got a piece about it. And I went back and I told Dad, I said, oh, I believe we're ready to go. I believe we're ready to go. But I, I didn't even get down the path of getting ready. Brett preached over yonder on 6th Street two times. And it was like God said, he will walk again. That was part of the verse. It didn't have anything to do with what Brett was preaching about. But he said, he will walk again. And God said, there you go. About two days later, he showed me when I was reading, reading the Bible. There you go. And I'm like, oh, there you go. You know? I know he needs it. I know he wants it. Uh, you know, I know Young said he can handle it. But Young did the surgery like that on too. Don't, just don't forget that. But long story short, God spoke all those ways. But he, he really got my attention through his word. And then the Holy Spirit speaking to me through his word. When do we get in trouble for not listening to the Holy Spirit? When do we get in trouble for not listening to him? When we try to do it ourselves. What so if we're doing it ourselves, what's the big P word that goes with that? Self-reliance. It's pride, right? What else? When else do we get in trouble? When we listen to somebody else. Okay. Not godly counsel. Let's just throw it out there like that. You don't have the patience to wait for God to give you that. I like it. What else? If we know God speaks through his word, if we're not reading his word, where are we going to be? Oh, we're going to be in trouble, right? If we're not seeking godly counsel, we will go down here to Moulton on the side of the highway down there where I've eaten some meals at. You know, they got that mystic down there. You know what I'm talking about going to Coleman down there? You'll be hanging out at those places. All right? So that's not godly counsel down there, let me tell you. All right. And it ain't in the paper where under under horoscope Don't be deceived. Uh, what if we don't pray? You see the pattern here? If God speaks in those five ways, and that's not the only five, but that's the big five I like to go by. If we're not getting that, he's not speaking to us. That's when we go off the ledge. So God's Sent the Holy Spirit to help believers. All right. Number two, God, the Holy Spirit has come to convict the world, Steve, the unbelievers. Convict them. Look at John 16, 8. John 16, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. What's convict mean? Y'all know what the definition of convict means? To expose, to bring to light, to convince of truth. To expose, to bring to light, excuse me, to convince of truth. So what's wrong with the world today? 
according to the Holy Spirit's job description of conviction. They ain't turned from it. You had to have been there to turn from it somewhere. They don't want that light shined on me. I don't want that light shined on me. But they they don't want us, they don't want to admit, you know, this action's wrong or that or that that deed is wrong or, or that that behavior or whatever. They want that light shined on. So that's when they start rejecting, you know. Uh, let me read John 3 20. I don't know if I got that on my phone. Yeah, I do. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. Everyone who hates the light avoids it. I, I, I got on Twitter this morning and looked at something, they had a video. And it was some knucklehead 20-year-old girl screaming, we love to kill babies. Can you imagine the mentality of that? Now, I don't know what this girl's deal is. and She's not the only one who does this. She's probably got wrapped up in the moment. And the emotions have gotten the best of it. I've said things that I don't, I don't, I'm not proud of when my emotions get the best of it. Not, I don't know if I've said that. I wouldn't say that, I don't think. But, you know, we get in the crowd and we get in that dugout down there and somebody hits my buddy, we all pile. You know, we do things we don't, we don't, you know, that there goes back to that peer pressure. She's here to, you know, it's just, you know, she don't want that light shining. The light says abortion is killing you know, we don't want our rights taken away, but we don't want we don't want the, we don't want the light shined on the fact that killing is wrong. We want to be able to do what we want to do when we want to do. It. Uh, what is the big sin that the spirit tries to get unbelievers to understand? Unbelief. Unbelief. Look at verse nine, six, verse nine. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Devil, the enemy, tries to convince it's all right. When you when you talk to somebody that's doing something wrong, and I, I've talked to a lot of kids. You want the number one? I started with Adam and Eve. When God approached Adam, what did he do? Hey, man. You know, I, she did it, so I did it. Keep going back to peer pressure. You know how many kids I paddle because somebody else done something? I was trying to figure out the other day. I don't know how many kids I paddle. That's probably embarrassing. No. When I first started, I probably paddled 50 to 100 times a year. And then toward my end of my 20 years of like actual classroom, gym, I didn't paddle two or three times a year. Then when I became the principal, Brett Gillespie used to be the principal down in Big Hat. His son played with John David Callen. We were talking one day. I said, Man, you know, I get tired of teachers bringing their kids. I'm, I'm a designated hitter at our place. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, Man, that's pretty funny. I like it. You know, I'm the, I'm the official candle light. You know, so, but unbelievable. 
somebody, you know, blaming somebody else. And, and, and verse 9, just Jesus hits the nail right square on the head of sin. He comes to convict of sin because they do not believe. They do not believe what they did was wrong. Well, everybody else is doing it. My dad looked at me and said, if they were jumping off the bridge, I promise you, if he's told me this once, I'd be them a million times. If they jumped off the bridge, would you do it? I ain't dead. You have to come up with something like that. You know? Just rationalize it out. It's not as bad. It's as, justification. It's not as bad as what that person. Well, I'm. You know. You know what I always say. You use the wrong measuring stick, dude. I, I ain't your measuring stick now. I promise you, I'm not. This is your measuring stick. The one who said this stuff in the red, right? That's your measuring stick. And it don't matter if you here's the bullseye. If you hit right here, or if you hit that wall going south. You've missed the target in the discussion. You're old. You know, you watch the Braves and the guy said, you just missed that. Well, it's an out. He caught it, leaned up against the wall out there, or he swung right through it and missed it. Out's an out. Now, all outs are not created equal. I'm not one of those humans. They're not created. Ticks me off when they all they come up with this man on second out there and we got no, no one out. We can't hit behind the runner and get that guy over a fly out deep right field or something and get that guy to second, second third, one out where he can score a pass ball, a boot, uh, an out. He can't score from second on a fly ball unless it's cool Papa Bell. Look him up. So, you know, we, we, he, 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 they just don't believe sin. Sin. We're using the wrong method. So the Holy Spirit comes to convict. The world of sin. Uh, look at John 16 10. What else does he do? If he convicts of sin, what else does verse 10 tell us? He convicts of righteousness because I go to, to uh, my Father and you see me no more. Why? What's the importance of, 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 of the Holy Spirit convicting the unsaved world of righteousness? Kind of parallels what we just talked well, about. Well, most people think they're righteous. The Holy Spirit convicts us of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Like you said, the measuring stick. Most of us can find people we think we're. Oh, not that's right. why we hang around them. You know, that's why we hang. I jotted down, brother, about righteousness, true righteousness, not worldly righteousness. Because we get wrapped up in what, 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 well, you know, I, I ain't as bad as that kid. You know, I ain't done that. I ain't murdered. You know, I ain't done this, ABC, one, two, three. But the Holy Spirit says, what did Jesus say? If you've looked upon a woman and lusted, you committed a dog. Check. You know. I think the same thing applies if I look at somebody and I can't stand them and I don't want to be around them and I don't wish them dead, but I don't want anything good to happen to them. That's murder, basically. Check. You lied. Check. You stole them. First time I remember stealing anything was at the A&P for Woolco. Y'all remember Woolco? Over in Sherfield? Everybody says Sherfield? Sheffield or Sherfield? I tell you, it used to be Kroger and it was an A&P, I believe. 
I was in line with my mother. I swear it was the 60s because my brother wasn't born. He was born in the 70s. And then we got the chitlets. You remember a little gum? And them little big, why, the, I don't, why is gum that small? It's a waste of time. But it was always the, 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 them impulse items, you know, right up at the cash register. I said, Mother, I need some of them. She said, No, you don't. I said, Well, I'm going to get some. <laughs> I put them in my pocket. I was three or four. She wore me out when she found I was out there just popping them like they gum. Like it was, you know, Tic Tacs or something. She said, where'd you get that? I said, right in there. She said, she whooped me and made me go back in there and apologize. And I think she probably got me again out there in the car on the way home. And I had to gun find me. You know, that was, I speak five years ago. About 52, 53 years ago. I hadn't forgot that. I hadn't forgot my sticking my tongue out at her one time. Maybe. <laughs> That's when we lived in the basement. That was the 60s as well. So she got my dang attention. <laughs> no, I ain't got any better either. That's the problem. That's what's so sad. Yeah. You know, when I think of chitlins, I think of that uh, Dennis the Menace movie with Walter Matthau. Y'all remember that? He got them two beaters out there that look like butt teeth. Y'all remember? Because Dennis and Menace like flushed his bridge down the commode or something. God, that was fun. <laughs> they were going to take a picture or something. That was good. All right. The Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of sin, of righteousness. Look at verse 11. Let me find of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Finally, judgment. I jotted this down. The Spirit lets people know that judgment is coming. Does the world take heed that promise? Do we heed that promise a lot? Why do we not heed? Why does the world not heed? Because people are too busy. You know, it's been 2,000 years. Surely they forgot, you know, to send Jesus back. God is just not, he just, that ain't happening. It's been over 2,000 years since he left here. We don't have time to do something else. You know, it just, you go back and read that Old Testament, man. It was 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's turning the page. In the Bible, it takes about a millisecond. But in real time, you know, so I mean, we just out of sight, out of mind. I do that thing, I must. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, and then I can look back, Coach Snyder, and think, that's punishment for that, that's punishment for that, and that's punishment for that, that's this, I can look back in my life and see, and God's gotten my attention, you know, and then, you know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, you know, the reason we don't do it, we don't follow, we don't love it, what does the Bible say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I don't love him enough to keep his commandments, 24 7. I just, I, I just don't. I, I, I fail. I jotted this down. The Spirit does three uh, things conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment to show us what? To show the world what? The, the Holy Spirit comes in and convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment for the sole purpose of what? For the unsaved world to do what? 
Show them they need Jesus. That without him, you're, you're, you're hopeless. It's hopeless. And then number three, we're right along. The Holy Spirit has come to glorify Christ. To glorify Christ. Look at verse 14. Jesus says, He will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. What does glorified mean? When you think about if something that's glorified, what does it mean? Exalted. exalted. What does exalted mean, Steve? Somebody, I think, lifted up, set up on the pedestal, brought attention to what else? To exalt, what else does glorify mean? Praise. praise. When you think about praise, what comes to mind? Praise something, someone for a job well done. Praise for success. All right. Okay. All right. What else is glorified, man? I jot down honor. When you honor somebody, I love to go back, and I don't know why. But I like to go back and watch Kennedy Center honors. You know, they have this big shindig up there in Washington. And it's right there across by the bridge going over into Arlington, if I remember correctly. They'll honor people in the arts. It's an artsy thing. Yeah. And then uh, and they, they're honoring these people. They're shining, they're shining the light on them. They're bringing focus to them. And what they've done, whether it's through, through music, that's the ones I like to watch, or through movies, or, or, or through achievements in, in, in the artistic world. I jot down magnify. Uh, we'll come back to that. What about what, when you think about something being magnified? What do you think about? In laws. You didn't know where I can really see. What did you say? What do you acknowledge? Acknowledge. You know, he's come, he's come to go to acknowledge Christ as what? He is, he's it. He's the ultimate. He came to conquer death, Hebrews says. He came to provide heaven to cover our sins and our shortcomings. Last question. What is the focus of the Spirit? <coughs> well, I'm sorry. Why can you rest? Why is the focus of the Spirit Jesus? Because he's the Savior. He's the only one. He's the only hope. People try to get hope everywhere, do they not? We can sit here days. You try to, you know. But he's the only hope we have. Without him. So you see the job description of the, of the Spirit is to help the believer, to convict the unbelieving, to shine and to glorify Jesus Christ. So that should give us an idea of why the Holy Spirit is living in us. And we're to shine light 
with love in this world. Uh, we're to, to, to glorify and to magnify Christ with love. Not be a jerk about it. Not to be a knucklehead. You know, not to talk down to people. Christ never talked down to people. I don't know about y'all, but that's really a big turn off for me. I know I'm not real bright, but when somebody talks down to me, man, I'm done with it. I can't. I'm going to frame about it, but I ain't dumb stuff. There's a couple of them out there. That's Hope and send me a text message. I don't know if y'all know that. Today's my birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. 57 today. 57. I told you, boys, the other day, I'm going to hush. I'll, I'll never forget. It was 47 years ago. When I was 10 years old. My daddy and I were plowing cotton. Y'all know what cultivating cotton is? We had a four row cultivator before. Can you imagine four rows now? They got them that goes out there about 150 foot now. It costs $8 million. Man, we got to where it was this tree behind my grandma and granddad's house. It had a pretty good little shade. We made a turn. Daddy stopped her, said, I tapped him on the shelf. I said, You're about to work on your birthday. He looked me dead in the eyes. I said, Son, I work every day. <laughs> I'm not bringing that up. No more. <laughs> so, birthdays just ain't never been that special. I also did service. They, they honor birthday week. <laughs> my, my daddy said, We work on our birthdays. I'm not that special. Well, let's don't forget. Seriously, speaking. the Holy Spirit comes to convict, glorify, and to help. That's why He's in us. He shows us, He guides us. And don't forget, for us believers, if we're out of the Word, if we're not around godly counsel, and we're not praying, we're not going to get that peace. We're not going to notice the circumstances that he uses to speak to us. We've got to be aware. We've got to be cognizant. Because also in Second Peter, I think it's Second Peter, first Second Peter, it's one and two. Peter tells us that the enemy is roaming this world like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may be lying. If we're not on it, if we're not on it, well, he's in you, and he's in him, and he's in him, and he's in him, and he's in her him. God, thank you for the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that today that it helped me to understand that, he, that you've sent him to help us as followers of you. And God, it helps me to understand the unsaved, why they get so aggravated and so mad and so loud and bolstered sometimes about shining light on sin because they don't want it. You've come to shine light on the sin and righteousness and judgment. They don't want to hear that judgment's coming. They don't want to know that X is sin and Y is sin and Z is sin. They don't want to talk about it. So it, it helps me to understand. And God, it helps me to know that you sent your spirit for a challenge to us to glorify Jesus Christ like the Holy Spirit does. He brings the attention to Jesus who you sent to die on the cross for this world and for my sin. And God, your love blows my mind. God, we got several praise reports and some salvations. 
God, and I just, God, I don't normally do this, God, but I want to lift up Jennifer right now. God, I want to pray that you put your hand on her. My prayer is you heal her body. My prayer is you be with her mentally, physically, and emotionally. Be with Jim mentally, physically, and emotionally. Be with these young ladies over here. Lord, as they, as they maintain the house while his mom and dad is, is, is dealing with some hardship. Lord, I thank you for that. When I look over there, God, they got a smile on their face. And, I thank you for that. and God, I pray that, and, and I want to thank you that the Spirit glorifies you because you're our only hope. You're the healer. You're the provider. You're the Savior. And God, without you, without you sending him, and Jesus, without you willingly dying for him, we, we would be hopeless. And God, again, I want to thank you for sending Jesus, God, and I want to thank you for these guys. Lord, it's the best hour of my life. Lord, I ask these things, along with the other prayer requests, mentioned. God, I pray the same for them as I did for Jennifer. And God, I just, I just, I just, God, you can no doubt in my mind. Your word says we have not because we ask not. God, we're asking. We're seeking. And we're knocking, God. Lord, keep my eyes focused on you. Lord, not on this one. Thank you again, Lord Jesus, for your love. I ask these things, God, in your sweet, precious name.